I'm Jenna Ocean, and this is Little Ritual. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Monday. I am thrilled to chat with you for our Monday chat. And by thrilled, I mean I am excited, but I am also tired. So um, if you are new here, welcome. We, I try to every Monday do a Monday chat, which is sort of a stripped down episode where we chat about how things are going behind the scenes what to expect as far as content, and we do a little deep dive into life. We will talk a little bit about the astrology, and sometimes we go into more depth or less depth. But today, I am very excited to share with you, we have a special episode, and I'm calling it A Witch's Guide to Dealing with Family Over the Holidays. Or I might add an Eco Witch's Guide to Dealing with Family Over the Holidays. So if that is of interest, if if any of that soup is of interest to you, welcome. I am happy you're here and hopefully you will be able to have some tangible takeaways of ways that you can stay grounded and stay feeling yourself or I won't say your best. (laughs) That might be an unrealistic expectation for the entirety of the holidays, but at least you'll be able to create pockets where you are feeling into yourself and you are taking the space that you need to feel okay. But before we hop into that, we'll start with my rose, bud, and thorn. I always like to start with a little check-in. Sometimes I do three good things, but today I'm going to do rose, bud, and thorn. So uh, for those who are unfamiliar, rose is sort of something good. It's Something like imagine seeing a fresh rose and it's fragrant and it brings you joy. Bud is something that you're looking forward to. Um, And thorn is kind of what it sounds like the other side of the rose, which is the thorn. Something that maybe is a little pokey or maybe is not comfortable or um, a dislike at the moment. So my rose is that I discovered an indoor pool with a jacuzzi with a reasonable drop in rate. I am so excited. I st- I tried looking. So I have a swim background. I do open water swimming over the summer. And I often, with the really long winters here in New England, I've wanted to find a indoor pool that works for me for a while. But I'd only found places that were a gym that had an indoor pool. And none of them offered the option to just do the pool. So you'd end up I'd end up paying the superfluous amount for a gym that I wasn't going to use. So it just never really worked out. And like the timing, that type of thing. But I found an indoor pool nearby within 25 minute drive and it has a jacuzzi. I'm so excited. Like even if, and I'm not setting myself up with this expectation of like, oh, now I'm going to swim all the time. But even just to have that option is so lovely. And it's a very reasonable drop in rate. It's 10 bucks. And then I have to pay like $2 for toll. And you know, $12, honestly, I'd pay $12 just to sit in a jacuzzi on some of the really cold days. So hashtag worth it. Okay. Secondly, my bud, my bud, something I'm looking forward to is that my book club has our second 
meeting in two days. And we are currently reading a book called Healing the Witch Wound by Celeste. Shoot, I don't remember her last name. Someone named Celeste. And we're meeting at one of our members' houses. And so last time we did it on Zoom. This time we're doing it in someone's house. And I, I'm really looking forward to, to that. We are all... We're an eclectic bunch and I love it and it has forced me to read. Today, that's one of my tasks is finishing the book and um, yeah. Okay, on to my thorn. So my thorn is that I feel tired and my energy's been a bit whack for the last week or two. By that, I mean every night for the past two weeks, I've when around like 9 p.m. rolls around, I feel really nauseous. And then other than that, in the morning, I have a hard time eating. So I think something's just off like with my digestion or maybe it's the weather. It's always the weather. But yeah, I think that that has had me feeling off. And just to level with you, I I am feeling quite lethargic and quite tired. And this week, um, this week is not a week where I'm going to have, where it's just like, oh, wow, look at all this open, wide open space for rest. I have a lot of meetings this week because, because I'm preparing for a long travel starting this Sunday. I am going to be traveling for about three months this winter, and that travel starts this Sunday. I am challenging myself to bring one very small backpacking backpack with me and that basically I need to pack for two different countries and some different mixed activities. I'm going to be home for the holidays in home in California where I'm from, Southern California. And then in mid-January I'll leave for Mexico to go on a vacation with my friends and then immediately after I will be hosting a yoga retreat in Oaxaca and then this is the newest edition which I'd also add this into my bud category I signed up to be a world packer at a hostel in Mexico and it's too good to be true it is so awesome I basically teach one yoga class a day in exchange for complete lodging on the beach with two meals a day and I have two days off. I am really excited. I will let you know how it goes but if it does go well then I would I mean either way if you're looking for a way to travel kind of cheap uh, World Packers seems pretty cool. This is not an ad. I have never completed a trip with them it's just I just started the process and I found so basically what it is it's this resource for volunteers and you volunteer your specific skill in a different country and it's like this reciprocal relationship where you're helping them with a project and in exchange they give you any any mix of like stay food experiences and that type of thing and once you fill out a profile and you have to pay like $50 for a year, you can then apply to specific projects that seem like a good fit for you. And then you'll hear back within three days. It's pretty cool. So I would recommend checking. It's called World Packers if you are interested. 
All right, so let's get into this witch's guide for dealing with family over the holidays. And I'm coming at this from a perspective of someone who tends to get triggered and has historically had a hard time coming home for the holidays. I recognize we're all from different backgrounds, but I have just, I've never met a person for whom going home for the holidays is a completely relaxed and perfectly good experience. I feel like even if you don't have some deep trauma from your from your past that there's something challenging about returning to the the family of origin or the the place of origin that you come from because i think that in many ways a marker of maturity or growing up is that you intentionally leave behind some of the things that you come from so sometimes going home and is like is like returning literally to your childhood bedroom where or or a shoe that doesn't fit anymore there's these out these things that you've outgrown but then they're right in front of you now i think this can also be a really lovely opportunity to explore where there's still there's still wounding or there's still some hurt um can be a really great time for healing but <laughs> It can also just be really hard. It can also be really um, triggering. It can be confusing. It can be frustrating. I find that it f- can feel so frustrating to really work on yourself in these specific ways. And then to have that one family member that shows up and boom, it's like you forgot all of your training. <laughs> it's like the force is no longer with you. And now how does being a witch play into this? Or in, even if you don't identify it as a witch embracing a little bit of witchy mentality. How does that play into coming home for the holidays? Well, a witch is somebody who who finds and rests in their own power. There are many definitions for what a witch is, but that's just one simple one that I've sort of pulled up to use for this specific moment, for this example. To be a witch means to be able to embrace complexity in the human experience. In my opinion, to be a witch is to be profoundly creative with the constraints that you are given. Now, creativity doesn't doesn't just mean creating an art piece or some big creative project. We are creative in the way that we form our lives. It's very creative to work with societal constraints, to see which ones you're going to push against and which ones you're going to play like a violin baby. And so in giving you this guide with it, calling it an eco witch's guide, the witch part of it is that we look at our life's experiences and we see it as wet clay for us to form in in conjun- in conjunction with the universe. And it means that we always have our personal power available to us and that no one can take that and and that even though it may feel that way sometimes that we recognize that we are only responsible for ourselves and our reactions and so we find refreshment in that truth okay and then the eco part comes up mostly because so i am a type 7 on the enneagram which means that 
in my heal healing, I am really tuned into the fact that I as a person, and I think we as a society, are con- are conditioned into this belief that more is more, when in fact, less is more. Like 99,000% of the time. <laughs> I added the thousand on there because I'm just so sure of it. We, especially, I think this trigger and this this mindset comes up during the holidays where we feel cramped. We feel cramped in our bodies. Maybe we're exercising less because of travel or being in a different place, being out of our normal routine. And energetically, we feel cramped because there's so many people around with all of their, with all of their darn humanness and expectations. And I think sometimes when we feel this crampedness, we start thinking, oh, well, if I just had more, if I just had more time, if I just had more wine, if I just had more whatever it is, stuff, then I would feel a little better. And I, I mean, I am, I'll raise my hand, like I'm one of the biggest perpetrators <laughs> of this because it feels like there's this safety in like gathering things around us, almost like um, a hermit crab. If you've ever seen, sometimes crabs and hermit crabs have these really elaborate mix of shells on their back and it's almost like they're just further protecting or insulating themselves from the the rough wild ocean out there and this mindset taken to its extreme just means that we we have too much shit and it keeps continuing the pollution and the overextension of our natural natural resources. I think it's all connected. I think the way we treat each other bleeds into how we treat the world, the natural world and vice versa. So I wanted to add that this is an eco-witch's guide just so that we can sort of step into that paradigm where we are conscious both of our interactions with other human beings and our interactions with the natural world around us. So I'm going to share now those five tips that I've thought of. Feel free to get a journal or just feel free to listen along. Okay, which guide, eco-witch guide number one, set your expectations low. Don't set yourself up for false hope with interactions with family members. Okay, and if you're thinking, well, that sounds really depressing, Jenna. Well, it is depressing. (laughs) It's depressing that people don't choose to change and that people stick into their old patterns. That is sad, but it's also, it's better to expect this of people. If you have that one, that one cousin that really, or aunt or whatever, that you really, every year they say something outlandish politically, or they say something super offensive And you go into that interaction where you know they're going to be at that dinner and you don't expect them to do that same thing that they've repeatedly proven is part of their repertoire, then you're setting yourself up for failure because then you're going to be surprised when they say that thing or, you know, you're, you weren't expecting it and then you're caught off guard. Whereas I think if you, if someone or if people in your family have proven time and time again that they think a certain way, that they'll act in a certain way, just expect them to do that thing so that you're not triggered by what they say and you can keep in your peace. I feel like every year, pretty much since Trump first got elected in 2016, the stuff people feel comfortable expressing um, <laughs> has just gone 
through the roof. But if I can remain in that witchy mindset that, you know what, Uh, the only person I can control is myself and I expect them to do these things because this is how they've acted in the past. You know, I wet my hands clean of it. I'm going to have a nice holiday in spite of your, not you, but whoever it is, their beliefs that are, that I think are just terrible to some degree. It's a way of healthy detachment, in other words. Tip number two. Create a playlist on Spotify that feels awesome for you. Not for, this is not for guests. This is a, this is a when I'm stressed playlist. You can even title it when I'm stressed or when shit hits the fan or the holiday scaries playlist, whatever. And you can include in it meditations of varying lengths that, that you maybe have experienced before, or if you have a trusted podcast host that that you trust and like, you can throw on some of their stuff. I really like Glennon Doyle. We can do hard things if I want to feel like brought into sort of a family conversation. Feels like Glennon and Abby and sister are all sort of aunties that I can glean from. I have um, other, I think it's... As you are, meditation is really nice for when I just need a short ah breather. I like listening to Enneagram, Enneagram and coffee if I want to spend time alone journaling. I think she asks really excellent framing and journal questions. And if I want to get off my ass and feel energized, I listen to some Jay Shetty, his On Purpose podcast. But the reason I say to make this playlist is so that if you get triggered or stressed and you just need 10 minutes, you're not searching stressed out on Spotify, like grounding meditation and looking through all the options. You already have it on your shit hits the fan playlist. On my playlist, I would or I have included some of my just favorite artists that feel like home, like Maggie Rogers, Big Thief, Gang of Youths, Leaf Volbeck, things that feel peaceful to you. Okay, this goes along with tip number three, because I think you should make that playlist now. I also think that you should schedule your moments of reflection now. If you want to pause me, like right now. I've said this before, I'll say it again. If reflection is important to you, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm just going to assume that you probably keep a journal or at the very, or that you're mindful and you're wanting to be mindful about reflecting on the year past. Okay, guys, hear me out. Please, if you get nothing else from this, plan it now. Not only because things get busy, but because we will be in Mercury retrograde starting in two days. And this Mercury retrograde will go through January 1st. Yeah, that's the whole, you know, almost the whole holiday season. So yay. (laughs) And I actually, so, so what I'm saying is plan your reflection during the retrograde. Retrograde is a fine time to reflect. It's like it spins the mirror back at you. Retrograde is not a great time to make big actions. Okay. So I'm saying plan your reflection now, do your reflection during retrograde, and then slowly act on the things that you have decided that you want to move forward with after the first. Okay, so when Mercury goes into retrograde, 
communication gets thrown off, things get wonky with technology. Um, In general, just know that that's also the backdrop happening during the holiday season. So give yourself extra cushion by planning small bookends now so that you're not scrambling your brain trying to plan in the midst of a retrograde. If something is in in general, actually, if something's important to you over the holidays, I would recommend planning it in the next two days, probably today or tomorrow. Tomorrow would be such a good time to plan it because tomorrow is a new moon, a new moon in Sagittarius. So it's a really good time to like pull back that arrow. We think of the the image of the Sagittarius having the, the bow and arrow. It's a good time to pull back your arrow and set your sights because coming on the 13th, you got to let that arrow fly. And where, where you aim it is where it's headed. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. And we didn't get too esoteric. In, just plan it now. Okay, cool. Number three, I already said this at the beginning where we were talking about how to ecologically to approach this holiday season with an ecological awareness as well, thinking about the footprint that we leave because the holidays can be such a wasteful season. So my encouragement for tip number, oh, sorry, tip number four is to embrace less as a game. Make it a game. That's what I'm doing. I have to, I'm packing one backpack because it feels so good to travel light on your feet. And that means that shows up spiritually too. It doesn't just mean having, you know, less stuff to carry around, but metaphorically too, like, can you have less stuff to carry around this winter? And again, anytime, and I like framing this as a game because it makes me feel like I'm not just like a victim to, to, oh, I don't have that much money this holiday season, so I can't go out for coffee every day. When I frame it as more of a game, it feels playful to me. Like I'm like, oh yeah, one of my values is living on less. And one of my values is treating the earth in such a way that is anti-capitalist. That I'm not just taking, 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 taking from the earth, but I I see what we have as a relationship. And so make it a little game. Anytime it comes up in your head that you need more, what if for just a moment you could pause and try sitting in that discomfort? You know, whether it's it's when you hit that point of I'm totally full, but I feel uncomfortable just sitting amongst family members, so I'm going to take another plate full of food. Or, or if it's, oh, I feel bad that I bailed on this person, so I'm going to buy them an extra big gift. Things like that, there's usually stuff behind it, like energetic and emotional stuff behind it. And I think it's really powerful to to sit in that pause. Which leads me to my fifth and final tip, and that is to pause. There is a holiness in pauses that the the sages and the the witches and the wise ones that have come before us have always known. In Hebrew, in ancient Hebrew, there's literally a word that's used in the Psalms to indicate when there is a time to take a holy pause, it is called a selah. And what this looks like practically, so you're talking to someone, maybe they're not your favorite family member, but you are seated next to them during Christmas, or or they are your favorite family member, and you're so excited to talk to them that you just want to talk, 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 talk. 
try this pause, say what you want to say, and then pause. I think there's so much goodness. There's so much magic to be learned that happens in the pause. You can also do this physically. I find that during the holidays, things just go so quickly. And once in a while, it's really nice to just pause. Like if I'm running through my day, you know, from the coffee shop to this meeting to, to this dinner, finding that pause, maybe it's in the restaurant and you just sit back and it's more of a, it's a reframing, right? Cause you've been there the whole time, but all of a sudden you're taking like one step backwards and you're seeing everything from a third party perspective. And you can kind of play with this. Something that I like to do is start, is just start noticing all the details as if you are the director or the videographer on a movie set where it's like, oh, interesting how that tree takes up that angle and that space. Or, huh, that's funny that that door is yellow and the house next to it is completely yellow. You start noticing the colors and the lights and the shapes, almost like you're an artist that has to recreate this scene. And it helps me to ground into the present and to not let things go too quickly. And most of all, if everything really does hit the fan, please remember that you are human and holidays are stressful. And then go get into nature because people and our expectations can be exhausting. But there is something really lovely about stepping into nature where there there is no expectation you are fully supported by the ground and the trees they simply exist there they're not going to ask anything of you so let the earth embrace you this holiday season and that is my final tip for this eco witch's guide to dealing with family over the holidays And as a final bow, little summary on top, new moon in Sagittarius starting tomorrow. Good time to set your sights and to set an intention for the holidays because December 13th, Mercury begins its retrograde, which it will finish on January 1st, which is the whole holiday season. Reflect during the retrograde, act after, and don't rush. embrace the pauses. And I hope, I really hope that you have a good holiday season. I hope that this was helpful to you. If it was, maybe it'll be helpful to one of your friends. You can share it with somebody that you love. And it would mean the world to me if you've been listening to this, or if you've just heard this podcast and you enjoyed it, if you'd leave me a five-star rating in the Spotify or Apple or Amazon app that you're listening to. Okay, quick update for content. There will be no episode this Friday. I'll catch you next Monday for our check-in. And next Friday, I have a very special episode where my friend Shelby, who is the host of the Yoga Corner podcast or Yoga Corner Chats podcast, we co-hosted an episode together where we reflect on our year and share any insights that we have received with you. Okay, so that's the plan. No podcast Friday. I'll see you next Monday. Have a lovely new moon. See you next time. Mm